Hello and welcome to the Social and Support Podcast. Today is Thursday 7th of May with my second COVID-19 related interview this week. I speak to the Managing Director of Creative Agency, Ernie, which is part of Three Pipe Reply. They have developed an idea alongside tech company AMCO, Moonshot, a staff engagement agency and Revolution, a sports marketing agency, to bring thermal imaging to stadiums to help an enabling sport and entertainment to bring fans back to see the action something we all hope will happen in the not-too-distant future. After a chance meeting in the park with an old friend, Alistair has helped to bring interested parties in and have been working free of charge, as have the other agencies, and the imaging technology has been supplied at cost. It's a great idea, and one that could really help. In this chat, we discuss how it came about and just how it will work. We also talk about his agency and how it's been coping during this COVID-19 crisis. You can read all about the project in the show notes below, Please do leave a rating or comment to help others find this podcast. Here's me, Dan McLaren, and my chat with Alistair Gamble. You're involved in something that's very different and obviously trying to help the sports industry and entertainment industry, which is obviously industries you're heavily involved in. Yeah. Do you want to explain yeah. a little bit more what it is? Yeah. I'm really interested in how it actually came about in the first place. Well, um, Thank you for that. It, it came about um, a, a very old friend of mine who I bumped into uh, at, with two meter distancing in the park uh, about a month and a half ago. And um, he had recently taken over running his family business, which was effectively a security business that did um, cameras and, and other sort of bits and bobs. And he was basically, he managed to repurpose the business around thermal imagery. So he'd run a trial uh, or a campaign in Shanghai Airport uh, just before the lockdown, uh, screening, thermal screening, uh, a million or so passengers over a week, of which they were able to identify about 100 who had elevated symptoms of COVID-19, and of which of, of those about 60 then received medical treatment. So I was quite interested just chatting to him about it. Uh, and it was a Friday, and I went home and thought about it, and called him up on the Monday and said, look, I'm really interested in this. Um, I know you've just launched it. It's quite a new thing. Would you ever consider putting it out to the sports industry? Um, and if so, would you consider to putting it out at cost? Um, you know, if we provided our time sort of free of charge and connected a lot of sports with you, could it be something that they could come to you and seek uh, advice on? And he said, yeah, absolutely fine. Um, as I said, he, he'd sold a few businesses and had taken over his family business. So for him, he's more interested in getting people's businesses back to normal. He wasn't necessarily there to um, make a huge amount of money straight away. Um, so to cut a long story short, we worked together to find a proposition that we could take to sports, to events, to rights holders. Um, and about a week or so later, once we sort of thrashed out how we could do it and what we would do and how best to, to jointly present it, um, we then went out to the market um, and the response has been fantastic. So really, from my part, all it was was um, a purely um, ulterior motive of trying to get sports back to um, a basis of normality at some point in the future. It, it certainly isn't going to be the catch-all solution for the whole problem, but I, I just felt it was something that with some partner agencies that, that we know as well, Revolution and, and Moonshot, we, we talked to them and they came on board as well. We just thought it was a really practical way to offer some sort of um, help to a number of our clients and uh, obviously wider industry as well who are thinking about how they 
solve the challenges of the next three, six, 12 months. Um, and you know, it, it seems that this will have to factor into some of the planning going forward. And obviously, uh, rather than just sort of get down about it, we, we wanted to try and do something positive. Mm. And what's the interest been like from the people that you reached out to? Because I think obviously the first aim is trying to get any kind of sport back probably yeah. behind closed doors. So we're probably a fair way away from having fans in stadiums yet. Um, yeah. Are you finding that they're trying to get over the first barriers first it's and then really try moving and things, but... Yeah, we, so we've probably had conversations with a dozen sports and rights holders in the last 10 days. Um, and some of those are much more progressed in their um, planning than others. Uh, and some of them are considering coming back behind closed doors um, sort of in the next couple of months. Um, I think for us, certainly from, from my perspective, it was, it was giving them an opportunity to plan and make scenarios. And I think the government will have to get involved in terms of making recommendations about what size of spectators. And I mean, it can be used, a thermal screening can be used obviously for participants, for support staff, for, um, for other people in the, in the arena or in the, in the space and in sport. But I think for us, it was more a case of saying, well, you know, we don't really know, but this seems like a really practical solution. The cameras that, that this um, company are using are the same cameras that are in the Amazon warehouses, they're in the Nightingale Hospital. So this technology is obviously being used already in other spaces. Um, and we were shown the WHO guidelines, which I think are publicly available, which shows a number of recommendations being put forward in regards to sporting events. And those include hand washing stations, they include thermal screening for participants, they include recommendations around social distancing. So this will probably become part of the new normal at some point. Um, and even if it um, takes a bit of time, I think it's just useful for sports to have that opportunity to plan around those scenarios rather than obviously um, just sort of wait until uh, such a time where it'll be completely normal. I think there will be stages where they can plan against other scenarios. So on a practical level, how how does this actually work if you're setting up in the stadium? So basically there's two cameras and you have to go through a walkway of, of some description, probably about five metres by two metres, so about five metres long. Typically it'll be indoor, so it'll be covered. And you have a, two cameras at the end of this walkway on tripods and one uh, is thermal detection, so it takes your temperature. The other one is facial recognition and imagery, obviously identifies it as you. And if you have an elevated temperature, um, you will be asked to come to one side. Uh, they wait 10 minutes and make you walk through the tunnel again. Um, and if it's still elevated, then they will ask you to seek medical attention and obviously probably uh, decline your uh, uh, sort of the entrance into the stadium itself. And the numbers are pretty sort of strong in terms of um, the number of people you can do with two cameras fixed at each side. I think it's about 30 a second currently i think is the exact um numbers and and really what that will allow you to do is before people actually enter into the stadium or into the event it'll screen people at that stage now it's not obviously 100 percent um foolproof because obviously people can be suffering from covid19 and be asymptomatic so they can carry no symptoms however um when people are looking to have a bit of confidence to come back into stadiums and obviously um, have assurances that they're being done in the right way. That would obviously give people confidence to 
to obviously come and, uh, and sit next to other people in, in large environments. And with yourselves at Three Pipe, um, yeah. being the sports marketing, is it what are you bringing to, to this? How, what's the kind of involvement of the staff as well? Because I imagine they're all keen with a little bit less work going on than normal to, uh, to get involved in projects where they can. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the staff's been great in terms of sharing it. Um, unfortunately, he's, he's, he's still incredibly busy at the moment <laughs> from, a, from a number of clients. Um, yeah, I, I, the involvement for us is simply to connect sports, raise the awareness and put people in touch with this company. Um, that's really our job. Um, we can help advise on what we know, having spoken to, uh, as I said, um, 10 or 12 rights holders about what they're doing and what they're planning and, and, and how they... Uh, perceive the next three to six months uh, and obviously that goes hand in hand with some of the other planning that we're doing for clients but I mean our, our role is very limited in the sense that we're just here really to promote it and, and, and facilitate that connection. Yeah. If you don't mind I'd like to understand a little bit more on the business side moving away yeah. from the thermal imaging slightly um, it's yeah. great that you're really busy because obviously a lot of businesses are struggling and having clients kind of pull back. Um, yeah. What are you seeing that's kind of changed in what kind of work you're working on with the rights holders? Because, you know, as you say, there's no sports going on at the moment. Um, yeah. So we're, we're, we are busy in terms of um, uh, the agency. We obviously do other sectors apart from sport. Mm-hmm. And one of the other areas that we work on quite a lot is retail. And we are busy in um, working with things like Amazon and e-commerce platforms working on digital shelf optimization, those sorts of things. So where we've seen e-commerce traffic kind of double or so in the last two months, there's a number of clients who are now re-pivoting their marketing strategies towards online purchasing behaviors. And certainly within the media team and other areas, we're actually quite busy helping from a creative point of view and from a PR point of view, support those those channels. So yes, on the sports side, yeah, obviously things are paused and, uh, and we're waiting to sort of plan for the next kind of six months. But in the other parts of the business, it seems to be still pretty, pretty full on. <laughs> it's good that you've got that kind of diverse approach rather than kind of most of it. Um, sports and entertainment, it's, uh, those involved in kind of streaming and gaming and e-commerce seem to be the ones that are thriving at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we're, well, we're, we're, work, we're winning work that we didn't typically have before this happened. So if there's any silver lining to, to obviously the last couple of months is that this new Amazon division that we set up is now obviously um, really well placed to help clients who haven't typically had a, uh, an understanding of Amazon or e-commerce platforms or how to rank in terms of uh, digital shelf optimization with retailers. So yeah, I mean that, that bit is great, but obviously like everyone, we, we're, we're keen to try and get everything back to normal and how it was. And obviously to, to try and grow the sports bit again as well. I mean, it's a real passion for the agency and you know, we've done it for many years and we love it. Mm. No, I'm behind that as well. It's, it's something I, I think we all miss having anything on our screens. There's only so much um, archive content you can take. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's true. It's true. And I mean, one thing I like to understand as well is just how this impacts on, cause we're all working from home at the moment. We're having to find different ways of working. What do you, have you found from the experience so far? And what do you think is going to be the impacts when offices do reopen? Well, I think when offices do reopen, obviously the government has 
planning at the moment how they how that happens and how they stagger work hours and how it works in terms of commuting and, and all the other questions that are going to be asked i mean we're we're really lucky in the sense that we um we were set up really well from day one we've got shared access to servers we've got loads of shared working platforms uh, and generally speaking the the type of work we do it means that we can be constantly in contact with each other anyway um how i think it will affect i mean i i generally don't know but i think it will um it will change how people work i'm, I'm undoubtedly people will be working more from home more remotely um i think people will be becoming much more okay with digital platforms and, and and how to best use them um from our side and from the business you know the industry as a whole i think we we're pretty strong at it from a sort of marketing comms pr digital creative world we're pretty good at shared working um but i, sh I imagine we'll just keep doing more and I, I imagine it will be some time until things are nine to five if ever if ever again in the same way that it was before mm. do you think the sports industry is going to get back to the way it is reasonably quick is people keep saying, oh, it's going to bounce back. And before you know it, we're going to have like a really busy year next year. There's so much sport going on. It's kind of like, oh, everything will be back to normal. It's be fine. Um, well, head and heart. I mean, obviously my heart says, yeah, I hope it, it's a straight V-shaped recovery. And, you know, people love sport and escapism and all the, all the other things that is so positive about it. Um, I, I don't think it will be quite as quick and quite as uh, straightforward as people imagine. Um, you know, certainly when you're looking at international travel or international sports, um, I would imagine that would depend on the vaccine being available before people start really um, letting that kind of get back to how it was. And and yeah, I mean, next year is, is going to be crowded. It's going to be a busy year where you've got um, obviously a number competing with each other, which is great from a, from a, from a consumer point of view uh, and obviously provides a number of business opportunities from a from an agency point of view, but I, I think that sports themselves will, will need to go through a load of, of um, stages to get back to how how they, they were. And, and I imagine that, you know, the ones that are planning now, the ones that are thinking about how that's going to come about will be the best prepared. Um, no, definitely. Probably that's yeah, there seems to be a lot of planning going on at the moment and people kind of taking stock of what's, what's going on. And I think that's a hard bit. I mean, you know, it must be so difficult as a rights holder or, or or an event to actually be able to plan when obviously it's so uncertain about the timeframes that, that that are coming up. Um, and, you know, not to go back too much into the thermal imagery, but at least, you know, things like that. And there's, a, there's an amazing company called Handy, which um, uh, launched last week. And, and that's doing um, sort of hand dispenser uh, units within sports and things like that where, you effectively need as much help and and uh, and and sort of assets at your disposal to be able to then provide planning scenarios. I think it's very difficult to plan in in isolation without knowing what else is going on out there. And I think the government themselves don't really know how it will unfold. Um, some sports will say they'll do it behind doors. Some say they won't. So I think people are going to have to find the level that works for them. But obviously, the fan is the the. Um, the most important part in all of it in terms of the commercial side of it. And if you can't get fans into the space, um, it, it makes it a diff different experience and ones they're going to have to think about quite hard. Yeah, definitely. I think if it's a whole next season of no crowds at Premier League season, it's going to be a very, very different experience. But Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think for a lot of people, it, 
it, it'll be very unsettling because I think people have always known it and always wanted it, and it's and it's quite a difficult, you know, um, sell as well to to have you know football with that atmosphere. It, you know, it's a key part of the of the game. Yeah. Do you think Do you think there'll be a future for the um, virtual fans and the um, the noise of the fans being piped into stadiums and all the kind of different scenarios that are being dreamt up at the moment? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think the, the main question that everyone seems to be asking is what's happening to this season? I think people yeah. are almost kind of get that out of the way before next season. Um, yeah. I, I think the most important thing is to obviously try and do it in a safe and secure and staggered way. But, you know, clearly that's obviously the key. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think we can underestimate the, 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 the real loss that will be if, if fans can't go to sporting events. And I think that's a... That's a real, that'll be a really hard thing to, to get over if, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed it all works out. And it's great to see people like yourselves doing great things to try and help bring fans back into stadiums. And it's always good to see during adversity, we tend to see quite a lot of kind of innovation going on, which is fantastic and hopefully will go on for years afterwards. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's kind of, I mean, I, I'm not sure we're doing a huge amount. We're just trying to help, really, and, and I'm sure that others are doing the same. Thanks, Al. It's been brilliant speaking Thanks. to you. Thanks, Dad. Cheers.